0: Are you tired of food controlling your life? Binge eating, emotional eating, secret eating, or feeling obsessed and even addicted to food? I'm Tasha, peaceful eating and nutrition coach, specializing in binge eating recovery and peaceful weight management. And I am so happy that you found this podcast. It brings me so much joy to warmly welcome you into this safe space where you can expect open conversation about all things recovery and learn practical tools, tips and advice about how to repair your relationship with food, regain trust within yourself and take back the control in your life. One urge at a time. To become a valued member of this community, subscribe to the series now. And let's discover the peaceful eater in you. Hello and happy Friday. Welcome back to the Peaceful Eating Podcast. It is Friday, Friday morning, which is the time that this episode should be perfectly recorded, edited, produced and uploaded onto the podcast platform. Ready for your lovely ears. But it's Friday morning, 10.30 on Friday morning, and I'm sat on my bedroom floor recording this episode for you (laughs) because it honestly has just been one of those weeks where time has just escaped me. I, I feel like I've blinked and it's Friday. Um, so I'm practicing a little bit of what I preach. I'm practicing a bit of acceptance, understanding that we're human. We don't always do what we say we're going to do. We don't always get things done on time. And that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> so we're at episode six already. And I was laying in bed last night when I the panic suddenly hit me and I realized I hadn't recorded the podcast And I was thinking about what I can wake up and talk about on this podcast today. And I want to spend this episode really unpacking a turn of phrase that you will have no doubt heard heard me say before if you followed me for any length of time. And I want to talk about what it means to make peace with food, with all food. Because yes, I say that a lot, I talk about the idea of making peace with food, but I want to go in deep on what that really actually means, what it means to be at peace with all food and what it means to not be at peace with food. And I want to look at how our thoughts and behaviours around certain foods change so profoundly when we are at peace with them compared to when we're not. We're also going to look at how not being at peace with food really, really keeps us stuck. It keeps us binging, directly keeps us binging, keeps us feeling out of control. So let's begin with what it means to to, to not be at peace with food. Now, generally, the foods that we are not at peace with are foods that we deem as bad foods, or foods which are going to make us gain weight, or foods that we perceive as triggering. So we have that belief that if we have that food, if we have one bite of that food, that we're going to be triggered, we're going to lose control, we're not going to be able to stop. Interestingly, more often than not, the foods that you are deeming as bad foods, trigger foods, fear foods, or just the foods that you are not at peace with, were probably foods that you once loved. Maybe it was your favourite food when you were growing up as a kid. And you know what? You probably still do love that food deep down. But once you got to an age where you started to diet, and those diets convinced you that this food was no longer acceptable in some way, you know, it was too calorific, or it was too fatty, or it was too sugary you probably either cut it out completely or attempted to cut it out completely or you created a load of conditioning around this food. So putting rules in place such as, you know, only being allowed to eat it at the weekend or on a cheat day. And whilst this, at the time, makes you feel like you've got a sense of control, all it does is it creates a really, really black and white, all or nothing way of thinking around that food. It keeps us stuck in in the extremes. We're either not eating it at all or we're eating it in this very kind of extreme, destructive, bingy way. And we lose the ability that we once had to eat that food in, in moderation and in a way that feels normal and calm and peaceful. And that's because, you know, if you think back to when you first started deeming this food as unacceptable and you were restricting it or you were only allowing it on certain days of the week. By the time you do have it, by the time you do cave in and lose control and have it, you've resisted and restricted for so long that when you do have that first taste, it's like, oh, it feels so good, it tastes so good. You lose control and you end up eating way more than you usually usually would have done because you've been in this place of restricting it for so long. And as we know, what, what that does is it then creates that cycle where you're eating it in the extremes. You're eating loads and binging on it, and then you're restricting to compensate, and then you're losing control and binging again. You're eating, you're restricting to compensate. So once again, we become stuck in in that cycle of binge and restrict. So what what happens when we're there is we start to demonize that food even more because... Now, alongside the belief that that this food is bad or that it's going to cause us to gain weight or that it's too sugary, fatty, calorific, we also start to believe that it's impossible to trust ourselves around that food. We start to associate that food with the loss of control because every time we eat it, it leads to a binge as a result of restricting it for so long. So then we start to fabricate this story around it, around this food about how terrible and triggering it is. And the bigger the story becomes, the bigger this, this, this belief comes about this food being demonised, the thicker that pattern becomes of living in the extremes. Because we're restricting harder, and the harder we restrict, the harder we're going to binge. And the harder we binge, the less we become at peace. So we restrict more, we binge more, we become less at peace. We restrict more, we binge more, we become less at peace. And it's at this point where you literally can start to fear these foods like, really, really, truly fear. You fear what it means to be exposed to this food. Because there's such a strong association between this food and between you feeling out of control. So, you know, you, you can be at a party and you see it on the buffet or your partner brings some of this food home. And it's almost like you go into this blind panic of like, I want it, but I don't want it. Shall I have all of it? Shall I have none of it? Shall I have, shall I risk having one and, and risk opening those floodgates? And this makes us become very, very frantic around that food, very panicky, you know, and leads to those kind of bingy behaviours like, you know, throwing, throwing it away, getting it back out the bin, feeling very anxious around it. And that anxiety that that food provokes in us is as a result of not being on any level at peace with that food and for as long as we are in this place of being so not at peace with it we're going to remain stuck we're going to keep losing control because honestly we can't we can't ever hide from those triggers. We can't ever hide from our trigger foods, not really. Maybe when you're in your own house, you know, you can choose not to buy it on your supermarket trip, or you can choose not to not to buy it in and not to have it. But eventually, eventually you're going to be at a party where that food is there, or your friend is going to come over and they're going to leave a packet of biscuits over over at your place, or you're going to be staying with your family and there's going to be a super-sized jar of whatever in the cupboard. And if you're not at peace with that food, you are going to continue to find yourself in that place of panic and destructive behaviours every time you encounter a situation where that food is there. In order to truly overcome our toxic food cycles, we have got to make peace with all foods. So let's talk about what that actually means then. Because the misconception that I hear all the time, and the fear that I hear from clients when I mention that, is thinking that they've got to maybe eat that food every day, and in some weird way, kind of turn their back on health and 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 give up their their health endeavours and and live on these these foods that they've been deeming as bad. It, it just just could not be further, right? It could not be further making peace with food does not mean we have to eat that food every day or even every week or every month. What it means to be at peace with food is that you are able to live side by side with this food. You are able to be within the same vicinity without losing your shit. (laughs) You are able to have that food in your cupboard and you might even forget that it's there. Yes, you can enjoy that food when you feel the desire and then you are able to move on with your day without guilt, without feeling compelled to binge, without feeling like you need to restrict to compensate. There's no need for those disordered behaviours around it anymore. You are just at peace with its existence in the world and you've got zero fear of yourself around it. Because that's what this comes down to, is a fear of ourselves around that thing, right? If I think back to my own trigger foods or foods that I demonised, foods that I restricted. Now, there were many. I could probably have covered five sides of A4 at one point. But let's let's look at some of the main ones. Okay, so there was peanut butter, uh, granola was a big one. And let's go with ice cream. That was a big one. Now honestly three of my absolute favourite things in life to be perfectly honest as I mentioned earlier they usually are but when I began dieting in my teens those foods the peanut butter the granola and certainly the ice cream were abolished from my life I began to demonise them really hard and you know what? I would actually talk passionately to my friends and family about how bad these foods were, how much sugar they had in and how fatty they were and how much they were going to ruin your body and cause disease. And, you know, they're marketed as healthy, but they're so bad and da, 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 da. And I would really, really get passionate about this, like enjoying demonizing these foods. And I I believe those words. Now, some, of course, of what I was saying was true. Those foods did contain sugar. And yes, we wouldn't want to be living on ice cream every single day of our lives. But the ridiculous thing was, is that I was preaching this, this stuff, you know, reading up and preaching and becoming so against these foods, like harshly restricting them and talking about how bad they were. But behind closed doors, behind this kind of facade that, that I was painting onto the outside world, I was binging on this stuff. Like I'm talking jars of peanut butter, entire boxes of granola. And the shame, the shame that I would feel for that was over, overwhelmingly awful. Like so, so, so much to carry, such a burden to carry. To, 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 believe, firstly, believe the words that I was saying, you know, I really did believe that these foods were like the worst thing in the world at that point. And then talking about that as kind of this, this validation, I guess it was, but then experiencing this kind of total loss of control behind closed doors and, and, and secretly binging on loads of it. Now, when I was in the thick of that pattern and I was really, really stuck there, I had very little perspective at all. But what eventually started to become really clear to me is that I was demonising these foods. I was reading and obsessing about, you know, the dangers of sugar and creating so much fear and restricting really harshly, promising myself I wouldn't have it, promising myself I shouldn't have it. And all of these efforts were not enough. Stop me. And in fact, that the less at peace I became with these foods, the more I secretly craved and wanted and desired and therefore binged on them. The crazier our efforts become to stop ourselves, the stronger the urge will become to gorge on them. Like I am not lying when I say I was having dreams about granola like I'm not even kidding, I became obsessed. (laughs) This method was not working for me and it doesn't work for anybody because there is really, honestly, truly only one route to overcoming binging and that is to make peace with those foods. And if we want to repair our relationship with food and stop these patterns, we've got to get there. Because we can be the most dedicated, passionate, health-conscious person in the world. You know, we're eating our greens and we're getting our protein and we're working out, hydrating, meditating, doing whatever else we're doing in this name of wellness and health. But if we are not able to feel at peace with all foods, we are going to continue to binge on them and to lose control. We must make peace with them. We must normalise them so that we can be at a point where we are living our best, most nourishing, healthful, vibrant life. Yes, eating, you know, beautiful, whole, organic, gorgeous foods, whatever, whatever feels good for you. But if you decide to have a slice of cake at a birthday party... Or you decide to have some chocolate one evening or your husband brings home a takeaway or or whatever it is you are able to enjoy that you are able to have that thing without being consumed with guilt and shame and anxiety and without being triggered into those disordered behaviors such as feeling as though that one cookie has ruined the whole day and you've got to write the whole day off, or feeling like you need to restrict or compensate. No, you haven't got to eat those foods every day, far from it. But you need to get to a point where if you do decide to have it spontaneously, you can do so peacefully with like full trust that you aren't going to lose control or self-sabotage when I made peace with food and I resisted doing so for so long because it seemed so unimaginable to get to that point of just being at peace with them that I, I I tried to avoid it for so long but when I finally did and I became I went through that process and I was able to to have those foods in my cupboard like I do now you know there's jars of peanut butter in my cupboard there's ice cream in the freezer, there's granola and all kinds of cereal in the cupboard. And I'm just, you know, we get to a point where we are just okay with that. Some days I might have peanut butter on my toast, some days not. Some days I might have a bit of granola on my smoothie bowl, other days I might choose something else as a topping. You'll know when you are at peace with foods because you don't fear them. And when you don't fear them, you don't need to restrict them in this harsh way. And when you don't restrict them in that harsh way, there is no desire, no desire to binge on the whole lot. In fact, when you get to this point, there will be many days where you won't even think about that food. You won't even fancy that food, you won't want it that day. The feeling of wanting extreme amounts of that food and wanting to binge and gorge is a direct result of over-restriction. And it is a temporary feeling. And once you get to a place of peace with it, you just won't want or need to do that anymore. So let's talk about how how to get to that place of peace. Because whilst we don't have to eat that food every day, as I said, far from it, there is an element of exposure to that food that we have to go through in in order to to normalise it. And to break the association in your brain, which is currently there, which is kind of, you know, you have that first taste and boom, you're into a binge. We've got to break that association. Now, when I work with clients on the 12-week program, we go through a process of literally rewiring that part of your brain. Whether the association kind of resides we do brain training exercises and we really reverse that those learned patterns and those learned, learned behaviors. Now this is, this is really, really key to, to overcoming these patterns and breaking that association. But there is definitely things that you can be doing now and things that I ask clients to do alongside that training. And we want to get into the, the habit of practicing moderated, moderated exposure to this food and as I say this is something that you can do right away so for instance let's let's say your trigger food is peanut butter it was mine and for some reason it's a lot of people's it's it's high up on the list for a lot of clients now you might be stuck in the cycle at the moment of restricting for weeks and weeks and weeks you know not having any peanut butter but then binging on the whole jar or eating loads off a spoon in secret Now, if you've been doing this for a long time, then your brain will have built this association around peanut butter of restricting, 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 binging. So we've got to start to familiarize your brain with what it feels like to eat that food in moderation. So getting used to the sensation of what it feels like to have that food without binging on it. So this might look like, you know, rather than restricting for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and binging, get used to having that food in a normalized, moderated, balanced amount in your everyday life. So that might be a spoonful in your porridge, it might be a bit on your toast, it might be putting some in yogurt or in a smoothie, or for instance, let's say your fear food is chocolate and you currently believe that the only way to enjoy chocolate is to eat it in an extreme way, to binge on it. Get used to what it feels like to have a few squares in the evening or to add some into a bowl of other little goodies or, you know, incorporating it into your diet in a way that is just balanced. I'll give you one more example. Okay, let's say your trigger food or your Uh, fear food is crisps you know and you you avoid them you really restrict them you save them up for cheat day and then you have four family bags of doritos and end up feeling quite unwell and probably very thirsty (laughs) get used to again incorporating those those that food and those crisps into your normal life take a few as a snack for work have a couple on a salad or popped in a sandwich it's unlearning the association between those foods and binging. And it's it's proving to yourself and to your brain and to your body that it doesn't need to be one or the other. We're, We're blurring that line, blurring that line and learning how to eat it in a balanced way. And I absolutely promise you that when you do this and you also couple it with the, the, the brain training exercises, your brain will, will unlearn that association and you will unlearn it too. Because there's often this belief, and I, I hear this belief a lot, and I, I remember actually having this belief myself, is that when it comes to that food, that there's no enjoyment in it unless it's in a, in a bingey way. Almost like, what's the point in having one cookie? What's the point in having just a bit of peanut butter on my toast? Almost this belief that unless we are binging on it, it's not worth it. I promise you, and this is just one of those things that you're just going to have to believe me on, (laughs) is that this belief is short-lived. Really, really short-lived. Once that association is broken you will start to experience the joy and the freedom around eating that, that thing in a peaceful way, in a balanced way. And honestly, when you, when you get there, you'll never look back. The only reason we feel that way and that we feel like, oh, there's no point unless I'm binging, is because we've taught our brain to, to expect that and we've taught our brain that association. If we are being really honest, binging in that way, eating it in that that extreme way, it doesn't make us feel good. Not really. Maybe it's like this, you know, the fleeting high, that kind of adrenaline feeling. But what about afterwards? What about next day? When you are crippled with digestive problems and, and mental turmoil, and the guilt, and the regret, and the feeling tired, and the not sleeping, and that's not real joy. And actually, the fact that you are here listening to this podcast, you know, is a sign to yourself that those behaviours are not making you feel good. True joy, true happiness, true feel good feels good before, during and after and in my opinion anything that does not make you feel good before during and after is not true joy now honestly when i started applying that to different things people events in my life the game changed because you know so often we 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 tell ourselves something is making us feel good but actually it really doesn't you know the next day we're always left feeling like crap And binging is certainly one of those things. So I hope that what we've spoken about has given you a little bit more insight into what it means to be at peace with all foods. And I hope you realise now that to be at peace with all foods does not mean you have to eat it every day. I certainly don't eat peanut butter, granola or ice cream every day, but I know that when I do want it, I can have it and I can have it peacefully. It can be in my cupboard, it can be in my freezer, and I can be just cool with it. Like it's not bothering me, it's not on my mind. I know that if and when I want it, I can have it. And as a result of that freedom and that peace that I feel around it, there's no desire to behave or eat in a destructive or disordered way around it. Thank you so, so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you found it helpful and I hope you're enjoying the podcast in general. And if you are, it would mean the world if you could leave a little rating, a little review. And if you fancy sharing this, I would be hugely grateful as well. Don't forget, you can contact me anytime via Instagram or email. Both of those handles are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, don't forget to download your free binge SOS card, which is a downloadable and printable SOS card to keep with you for those difficult moments when the urge arises. It's going to walk you through a step-by-step-by-step process, which I use with clients that allows the urge to move through you without feeling like you need to act on it. All right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week and I shall see you next Friday. Bye for now.